inside the Drinker Studio. We are at Salbox today here in El Paso. This is the first, first ever mobile official like out of the black broadcasting. Orchid. Yeah, out of the studio. Yeah. So it's freaking hot, man. It's a little hot outside, dude. This summertime is killing us. How are you, Ralph? I'm good. A little sweaty. Hey. Just here enjoying the the breeze and some wine soon. What breeze? Slight breeze. Just like eh, sort of. Whatever, if you call this a breeze. <laughs> Sheesh. Okay, well, we have with us today our lovely owners of Saltbox, which is um, located, just so you know, on 204 Boston, here in El Paso. Um, and we have Manny Gemente with us. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Oof. You're stuffy. I'm, I'm well, thank you. Just when it's hot, I can't work properly and we also have Norbert Portillo hi how's it going guys hi so we're gonna talk about some lovely drinks here today we got some wine which is some of your specialty here Absolutely. so why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself guys Manny you go first Yay! Are you a sommelier? I'm a certified sommelier. Ooh. Ooh. Cool. All right. Well, why don't we start with the drinks because it's freaking hot and we need to hydrate. Even though alcohol doesn't help, but you know, it's it's liquid. It'll make it feel. It'll better. make it feel better. So, what are we drinking? What are we starting with? It's a rosé from Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, wines that are food friendly, wines that are eclectic, diverse, interesting, well made, um, and uh, that were not seen in El Paso, not being served in El Paso, maybe were introduced to El Paso for the first time. Um, this is one of these producers. So, mm -hmm. um, the producer is Mouton Noir, and that's a gentleman named Andre Justin Mack, who um, a long time ago had left the, the banking world because he was tired of banking and he wanted to make more okay. into the wine world. And he worked as a sommelier in San Antonio and he did so well. He was uh, one of the best known sommeliers in America and mm -hmm. he started working at the French Laundry in Thomas Keller, California, and then Per Se in New York, another Thomas Keller restaurant. Okay. And then after a few years of doing that, he decided to make his own wine. So um, this is what you see here. As you can see, um, the, the label, so seriously, that's one wine. Um, in terms of the interpretation of it, wine's just uh, fermented grape juice. Mm -hmm. That's what I call <laughs> it, actually. <laughs> Delicious. And it's. Uh, I know that uh, for a lot of people, it's intimidating to go into these big restaurants with white linen and people with suits walking around and you know they slap the wine <laughs> on the table. It's the size of a phone book. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But r really, it's just fermented grape juice, and it's uh, 
it's something that you can have fun with and, and play with, so I think this is his intent. Um, it's a rosé, which uh, I love rosés. I drink rosés all year round. Um, we wanted to promote rosés. I think a lot of uh, people here in the United States had a bad view of rosés when White Zinfandel became popular several years ago. Uh -huh. thought rosés were sweet. And yeah. Yeah, no, they're not, and that's a misconception. I have that in my bar all yeah, the time. Yeah, they're extremely food-friendly, extremely mm -hmm. refreshing, absolutely delicious. This one from Oregon, only 96 barrels were produced for this vintage. Whoa. Um, and, um, you know, that, that was uh, just a wine when I saw it in one of the distributors. I've been following this uh, winemaker for a long time, and to know there's wines were available, I just had to bring it to El Paso. Okay, so did we mention the name of the wine? Do we call it? It's called Love, Love Drunk. Drunk. It has a rose on it. Very stylish, very simple label. And I like that it says when reality is better than your dreams. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, well cheers. Cheers, everybody. And yeah. Hi, Juan. Say hello, Juan. Juan is back from Chicago for a bit. Hi, I'm back for a week. <laughs> and then Norbert had to kind of like stand up and walk away for a little bit because, uh, when you're an owner, right? <laughs> and that's Norbert, so we'll talk to Norbert in a little bit. <sighs> you want to describe it, Ralph? What, so, do you, what do you like about this? Well, I mean, I do like it. I like the fragrance. Um, so my issue is that I, I do enjoy wine, but mm -hmm. I, I'm like... Don't know much yeah, about it. I don't know anything much about wine. Nothing. Um, I don't know what makes a rosé a rosé. Uh, I don't know. But this is good. I would definitely drink I, this. I, I think that's the most important thing to realize. Um, if it's good, it's good. You don't have to really know um, how to pronounce a certain grape, where it's from, what the attributes are, um, even production. Um, really? So, so how do you pronounce Pinot Noir or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Pinot Noir, please. Um, yeah, I think, I think if you enjoy it and it tastes good, it's, it's good wine. I, I, yeah. I, like we were talking about earlier, it's, you know, it's about a lot of wine is snobby. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot to learn, but at the very end, if you if you like it and it tastes good, that's the important thing. That's what matters. Yeah. And yes. in terms of rosé production, there's two basic ways. You can leave the skins in contact with the juice uh, long enough so that you get this pretty color. Ah. Or you can bleed. What's um, on You get uh, a red wine base and you bleed it into the white wine base. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, no, Norbert is back, so we need to take advantage of that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just, that's all right. Hey, being an owner, I understand. So just tell us about yourself real quick. I know, and a lot of people that know you know that you own also Tabla, and you're working with Albert at Ode. So just tell us more about yourself. Yeah, so this is my third venture here in El Paso. And, uh, again, it was being an El Paso native, I was just trying to bring the city that I'm from uh, just a different dining dynamic. Um, you know, being able to partner up with a sommelier is kind of a no-brainer on our part. Um, so yeah, I mean – you know, when we when we decided, you know, what we were going to serve as, I mean, we just, we knew we were going to do a wine centric place. So what we what my focus was, and my sous chef's focus was was to produce a menu that's going to 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 complement the wine list. Um, right. And again, we're trying to introduce something that's never been introduced to El Paso by fresh pastas, trying to use as much locally sourced ingredients as we possibly can. Um, so I would say about forty percent of our menu is sourced locally, which is you know that's again, really impressive that's really cool which is kind of you know like i said i mean keeping the money in the city i mean that's that's our our main objective as, as much as possible um so um so yeah 
That's kind of fun. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think we need more focus on that. That's, I mean, that's why you support local businesses to keep money in the city. In the city. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like stockholders in. Well, the only money that doesn't leave <laughs> that that doesn't leave the city is is our tax dollars, yeah. and that goes to the state. But yeah. You know, a portion of it stays within the cities, obviously for schools and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and that's those, what we want. Those of you business owners know where your taxes go. Awesome, right? awesome. And do you usually drink wine, or what do you like to drink? Aside um, from I, you yeah. know, it's funny because I was kind of like, I, I've always appreciated wine. I just never really understood enough mm-hmm. about it to, to really get into it. Over the last six months, I've kind of put some emphasis on really understanding the, the grape. Um, and I think what, what really turns me on about it is is uh, not just the effects, but the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just the different characteristics that you get out of different grapes, um, you know, the the nose, the palate, um, and you know, being um, having food as my background, I mean, it's really re- easy to relate to to the flavors and the smells because I I've either tasted them or I've cooked with the ingredients. So uh, to be able to see those characteristics in wine is is, is really really interesting. So mm. so this is a rosé. It's love drunk. So what could I order with this? What food would I get? mentioned earlier it's one of the more uh, it's rosés in general more um, one of the more food friendly wines uh, this can go with so much most of the appetizers um, all of the salads certainly um, the, the, a lot of the pastas we have here are kind of a lighter pressure in terms of your kitchen pasta one of them in particular would be Capodante mm-hmm. and the rosé an amazing amazing pairing that's really cool this would be a good date night I know, you gotta get a date, dude. I <laughs> have to get you a girl. Otherwise, you're just gonna have to. Just know. show up alone. Show up alone. Forever alone. Drink and eat for two. Yes. All right. I'll do well, it. that's awesome, dude. That's, Tinder that's works. <laughs> I guess, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't get into that stuff. I already have my. Over here. Your hubby. You, are, yeah. you already have your Tinder. I got, I got my Tinder man. <laughs> I got my Tinder man. So, okay. So, we're. Um, like I said, we have a couple of questions that we start with um, after introductions <coughs> and talking a little bit about the business. So, <coughs> Manny, what historical figure would you like to have a drink with? Wow, that's an interesting question. Um, <coughs> historical <laughs> figure yes. would I like to have a drink with? Uh, can be anybody, dead or alive. Okay. I mean, <coughs> yes, don't worry. We can bring him back from the dead for you. <laughs> trying to think of something deep and symbolic, but really, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, the fir- you know, usually what the first thing that pops in mind is, you know, probably the truth, and someone alive, um, uh, and he's a winemaker in Burgundy, and he's been doing it for a, a long time, and he's one of those most revered figures, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it, and he's almost, uh, his name is Albert de Gillon, and um, he's the co-director of a, a Burgundy estate called Romeo Conti, and they're okay. mythical, they're iconic, uh, they're historical, um, and, you know, you read, it's one of those names that just keeps coming up in wine, gets here to the wine education, but it would just really be interesting to um, sit down and have a glass and analyze that glass of the eyes of somebody <laughs> that um, has been growing um, uh, a famous, iconic um, uh, Burgundy um, in a famous, iconic region and uh, just kind of get the thoughts of the fond of man himself, you know, because at the very end, um, at the end of the day, I think with great wine, mm-hmm. um, you know, I heard a quote once, uh, the, the, uh, 
best fertilizer for vineyards are the owner's footsteps. <laughs> and, um, he's a very humble and modest person, and uh, he's one of those that you know make wine in the vineyard first. So that's, I think it'd be a very interesting that's a really interesting quote. Ah, that's really cool. What about you, Norbert? What was the question again? I'm uh, sorry. What historical figure? <laughs> what historical figure would you like to have a drink with? Um, that's tough. Um, Dead or alive? I, I'd have to say, I mean, honestly, Julia Childs, just because at the time, Ooh, I mean, she love her. she really kind of put, you know, I guess the the excitement in cooking, you know, and, yeah. and then being that and being being a woman also at the time, you know, is really really, um, kind of pioneer on, on her part so I would definitely love yeah, to have I used to I used to watch her when I was little and it was so funny <laughs> I didn't understand and maybe that's why I fell in love with the uh, English uh, accent okay. but I remember her cooking and she was so old and she's like we're going to make this and then it came out like so crooked and bad but she was so old yeah. but you know, it's yeah funny that's that's really cool cooking with I think it's cooking with Julia Child I, yeah. I still refer to her book for some basic basic French recipes that are I mean, her crepe recipe, I still use it. Anytime I make crepes, that's the recipe that I use. Ooh, so We're going to have to t- um, taste some crepes yeah. then. So, you huh? know, it's, it's just one of those, she's just a symbolic person in, in the food industry and yeah. kind of really pioneered, you know, food television for right. the most part. You right. know? Yeah. Um, and like I said, the fact that she was a woman in a male-dominant industry was is, is awesome, you know? Yeah. Isn't, wasn't she the first one to graduate from the Cordon Bleu or one uh, of the first? Might have been. Might have been. Or the first that's woman at least. I think I know that. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, cool. Wow, that's but, interesting. Uh, yeah, that's good awesome. choices. We got we to gotta finish this. You guys are finished with some, and we can move on to the next one. Yeah, we're on to the next one. We're, we're waiting on you guys. <laughs> so what is this here? That's no problem at all. Oh, I just chugged it. You just chugged Ooh, the here. love one. Uh, this is a It's very hot. And um, when the weather is hot, you just want something refreshing. I think you can translate the same to beer. Yes. You're not going to walk into a bar uh, outside, you know, trying to get cool. You're going to under five degree weather and order a quarter of stout. Right. No, 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 no. We'll slow down the sales of those. um, I think that white wine, and particularly things like Sauvignon Blanc, Rosé, we had, fit the same bill as something light and sensual. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're the great start to any meal. And mm. one of the great things about, about these uh, about these grapes, um, and I think Norma would agree, um, acid is so important. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, is, yeah. that, is that pun intended? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> no, I think acid is everything. I mean, it's, it's important in food. It's important yeah. in wine. This is very good. No, one question. What is the price range on your your wines here so we can give an idea to people out there? Um, that, that was one of the things we kind of bounced back and forth on. You know, it was, um, you know, the fact that we were introducing wines that had never been hit the El Paso market for the first time. We wanted, mm-hmm. we wanted it to be affordable and approachable, you know I mean? And, I mean, as you can see based on the wine list, I mean, it's... It's very reasonable. It's very, um, very reasonable. So, um, and Manny will go into a little bit more about the wine program and how, how we ch- decide on how we price our wines and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, the by-the-glass pours are what you typically see. Yes. Um, in, in the local market. Yeah, that's very out competitive. Out yeah, that's pretty good. Out of the ordinary there. Mm-hmm. In terms of the bottle, there's only one bottle. Um, 
125 I see over here. Whoa. Yes. Blackbird Vineyards, Paramore. You know, I wanted to make the, the wine list, uh, again, we were talking about, you know, phone book wine list. I, I wanted to do small and awesome. Yeah, um, small and awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that 25 to 30 is going to be the average, maybe a few more, based on the, um, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the future goals we have with the wine list. But um, I preferred that uh, it was interesting. And also, um, wine pricing in El Paso, yeah. it's not really understood. Sometimes. Yeah, that that's a tough one to, you know, with customers and a lot of people that don't get it. Like yeah. it's just wine, like you said, it's fermented juice, but no, yeah. So yeah, what I are mean, the complexities behind that? Behind wine pricing? Well, I, I, I think people get lazy and they try to use the rule of thumb like three to four times based on on based on their price. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it it depends. Yeah, it depends. Like like uh, you guys are a restaurant. You know that people are gonna come in and you're gonna pair it and you're gonna educate people with the wine, and you can tell them, well, this is a forty dollar bottle, fifty dollar, and they're okay with it. With me, like I'm a bar, and it's more difficult to sell good quality wine at a bar like mine because they have the you know, oh, you have beer for two dollars. Why would I want to spend? $40 on a bottle of wine if I can just get beer or you have so many more options that people don't really appreciate that. And I can just teach them and I can tell them, well, this wine was, you know, the president's feet were squashing the grapes (laughs) and Michelle Obama was helping. It's like, well, yeah, they don't care. Yeah. 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 And as Nora was saying, like uh, that rule of thumb, three times the price, only applies to certain... To certain, like, yeah. Places. Yeah, I yeah. mean, once you get it, I mean, once you're paying two hundred dollars for a bottle, yeah. you can't you can't mark it up three, four times. Yeah. There's yeah. just. But I've seen that. We've yeah. seen that. Yeah. You, 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 there, there are lists. You'll, you'll see that. But that's not how it's. I mean, that's not how it should be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think at those higher price points, it's what the restaurant should net on a bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and not doing the three, four times also rewards the customer for buying a bottle. So you, mm-hmm. you know, it's more fair to the customer as well. So it's both sides are winning. The customer and the yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Well, cheers. cheers guys. Everybody. Clink. Clink. Oh, there we go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah, this one I really like. I don't know if it's the mm. acidity or what, but acid. Ooh. That's good stuff, man. I wish I could describe That's the flavor. You can describe the flavor. I think it's quite <laughs> nutty. And you know, with with that, I mean, it takes practice. Like I said, I mean, it when, when you're smelling and tasting wine, there's really no wrong answer. I mean, if you smell what you exactly. smell, that's what you smell, you know. And yeah. I think that's what intimidates a lot of people when it comes to drinking wine is they're, like, afraid to say something stupid or – and it, at the end of the day, it's like if it smells like cat sh- – I mean, a good reference <laughs> say is – You can is, say is, it. Yeah, you can a, say a, it. A good reference is cat piss, you know. I mean, a lot of wines yeah. prefer yeah. does cat piss. And, I, there's you know, a little so, funk to this that I yeah. enjoy. So it's really, it smells like skunk, <laughs> but it's tasty in my mouth. <laughs> It wouldn't be wrong. No judgment here. <laughs> yeah, vocabulary is hard in anything. I think, you know, when, when even they go into your bar, the customer, there's like this, this between them and then communicating to the bartender what they like. It's a tough one. Yeah. They know yes. what they like because they'll taste something and it's immediate. I like this. So, I, yeah, perfect. Straight on or no, I don't like this. But to articulate that and describe it in a way that the bartender gets and for the bartender, by, you know, vice versa, to yeah. describe it in a way that the customer gets, 
It's a disconnect. In every it's really hard when somebody comes in and is like, I want something acid something and good. this. And yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's always great. Well, what's good? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly. everything. <laughs> exactly. Everything is like, good. And what's, what, yeah. Yeah, what's, what's sweet for you can be bitter for the bartender. Yeah. And, yeah, and I always think the good approach is like, well, what do you usually drink? Like, if they're looking for a beer, I mean, if they say, okay, yeah. Sierra Nevada, then you kind of dial in and you're like, yeah. okay, well, we've got hoppy on this end. But, you know, you're right. I mean, as far as a customer, you walk into a place. It's sometimes tough. it's intimidating because you don't, again, you don't want to look like an ass. you know. Right. And, and, and Just don't say surprise me. You know what you're going to get. <laughs> you might get a chocolate milkshake. <laughs> I just give him water. Ah. Some Fernet. Ha! Some Fernet. Surprise. Well, that's a whole different subject. We already covered that one, Ralph. <laughs> All right. Next. What do we got? That's a sexy looking bottle. This, um, I just had a post on this uh, a few days ago. And um, uh, one of my favorite grapes uh, is Riesling. Uh, okay. And what, how do you pronounce the name of this wine, by the way? Uh, Leeds. Leeds? Yeah. Okay. Leeds Lights, I've heard, I've heard both. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dragonstone Riesling. Nice. Dragonstone. Well, I have a question for you. If you were to die, what beer, wine, or spirit would you like to come back as? And that goes for the both of you. Champagne. Champagne. Ooh, fancy. Probably have to be tequila. Tequila? Oh, my. Yeah, with the music, the Guantanamera <laughs> right now, that would go great right now. Okay, why Champagne? Um, because I think it's, uh, it's that thing where people are celebrating. It's yeah. always there. You know, it's that happy thing. It's that fun so it's okay, we could just shake you up and, you know, cork you <laughs> yeah, out and woo, there goes Manny. She's going to want to be savored, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got to make a, it's make a pop. Yeah. Okay. There goes Manny. And you got Manny all over you yeah. <laughs> for New Year's Eve. Yeah. New Year's birthdays. That's really interesting. And tequila, white tequila. I just, I grew up around it, you know. It's like, again, it's a celeb- uh, something that you celebrate too. Yeah. I mean, everyone yeah. can relate to it. I mean, like, I think mm-hmm. the first time I got drunk as a kid, it was probably on tequila because we stole our <laughs> grandparents' and parents' bottle and yeah. decided. Well, it wasn't good quality tequila, was it? Well, shit. I mean, it was good enough to get us fucked up. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it did what it needed to do. Whatever that. it was, it was good, and you regret it the next day. Yeah. So. Yeah, awesome. Well, I, you know what? I'm curious about something. Now we're talking about wine and something with El Paso. And why do you think people are so into their sweet wine here? I, I get it with cocktails, but with wine. It's like, oh, do you have any wine? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Moscato. Shit, you know, like... Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just see it more here <coughs> now that I. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
keeps the sugars been a part of every American's life, and you know our body just craves sugar. You know, just you know, um, and I think that's the primary reason. Okay. And I think that when you step into wine, like that's kind of like like the bridging point, the comfort zone. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. Yeah. Not challenging. I, I don't say it's wrong. It's just kind of funny how we encounter this a lot here. And you're trying to educate people, and they're like, "But I don't like that's too dry. That's too yeah. this. That's you know." Like with rosé, they're expecting to have a white zinfandel because it looks pink. Yeah. So and I think white zinfandel kind of ruined it for rosé. I mean, and you're starting to see so, it now. Yeah. You're starting to see rosés pop it's up. It's coming back. It's I mean, coming back. I mean, I was just in Portland, and I mean they. I mean they had a section just as big as their white section on on rosé. You know, mm-hmm. and that's wow. anything from sparkly to. To um, to distilled or that's cool. Still, yeah. Want to ask the next next questions, Ralph? What else I do see we you kind of quiet over here. He's just like getting input like crazy. Okay. <laughs> so, what is your motto, Manny? Your motto. Uh, I would say work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. I think work that's hard, I think it's like El Paso's hard. motto. <laughs> okay. We do work yes. hard here, and there's a lot of a lot of we do have fun. play hard. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. As hard as we can. Yes. As hard as you can. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's just about balance too. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that is true. It's just um, I see people that work so much and they don't enjoy, enjoy themselves. themselves. And, so maybe they and then there's a lot of people that enjoy too much. Yeah. yeah. And work none. Yeah. So, so how do you play hard? Um, I think. Uh, like I kind of want to stand is, up and dance um, now. I think an example of doing both, um, because you know you can wrap up. You know, wine's fun. Wine's you know drinking it, studying it, um, traveling. You know to, to learn about it. That's nice. Uh, and then translating that into a profit generating enterprise that changes hopefully wine culture here locally and introduces people to something different. So I think wow. it's just kind of a way to. Have fun on the job. Make your hobby your job. Right. I think it like it translates to the guests too. If our, we're having fun, the, the, the kitchen is having fun because they're proud of what they're making. The servers are having fun because they're proud of what they're serving. Um, yes. It just translates to, to the guests. Wow. This is really really good. I think I've liked them all, but this one's really good. Yeah. I think you know talking about customers with a sweeter palate. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like Norma had mentioned earlier, if you ask what. Yeah, right. So I think if it's the same for anything you probably do, do it at your bar. I do it all the time. It's every customer, every table, it's like this fork in the road. So what direction are we going to go to? And it's up to me to ask questions to find out what direction we're Yeah. And so the, the sweeter profile drinker, the someone that you know wants something sweeter, um, recently has this history of being sweet. Yeah. As you can tell, I mean, this isn't a sweet wine, but it certainly has fruit and it's certainly mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is very refreshing. It is very refreshing, and uh, it's sweeter than it smells. You know, sometimes you smell a wine and it's really sweet, and you know that you're gonna get hit with a bunch of sugar. This one smells really on the dry side. Yeah, and um, it's, it, 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 it's a good transitional wine, like you said. You know, somebody wants to start moving from Moscato, and you wanna, you know. Yeah, you you have the fruits. You have start, you uh, know, deviating from that sugary, sweet wine then this is a good one without going too far yeah and this is um, you know recently honestly it's like the, the Thai food wine it's like the spicy you know, mm. you know Asian wine it's, it's 
the spicy noodles it's, and the, it's um, the sushi curry. Line. It's, it's so It is really good. Something so that you would pair with here yeah. from what the would menu. We pair with? The pickled strawberry comes to mind. Ooh, pickled strawberry. Yeah, it's a pickled strawberry salad. Oh, Ooh, that sounds oh, delicious. Wait, Norbert moved that again so we could <laughs> ask him about it. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of the cheeses. Riesling is so friendly. Do you guys have like a cheese plate? Or oh. Yeah, that's another thing oh. that we, we, want, we wanted to do that was uh, pretty different. Um, Norbert and I were kind of um, frustrated that when you would kind of, when we on our personal time wanted to go to a restaurant and just have cheese and wine, it's just, it was usually the same old. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. not a lot of variation. So we, we flew in literally 40 pounds of different types of artisanal cheese. Ooh. Holy Ooh. moly, yeah. from, from different places? From Vermont, Texas, Oregon, California, Italy. That's uh, pretty beautiful. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is very sexy. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and it's just, uh, kind of that, again, we want to kind of do things a little differently here, yes. and, you know, we, we, we also want to create something that we as consumers could be happy with, so right. mm -hmm. if you want to come and have a cheese board or one cheese a la carte, um, we can do it here. We started, I mean, we started by, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have heard of Cowgirl Creamery, that was the mm -hmm. first um, uh, company we contacted, and it has a lot of high quality cheeses, and we, you know, we called them in California, started sitting down, talking to somebody, you know, that's really awesome yeah. yeah so what is your biggest extravagance now that we're talking about cheese and all this like <laughs> fancy stuff um cheese wise right now we um you know we're rolling out three cheeses at a time uh-huh the telegio from italy is like kind of blow your mind i think blow your mind in terms of a mm. triple cream consistency uh, amazing historic cheese so find me on Tinder and we can go to Saltbox. <laughs> so you're going to have some cheese. <laughs> have some cheese and wine. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I love cheese, but I'm lactose intolerant. So Ooh. unless you're willing to put up with the after. That's math. not a good date. Mm. <laughs> well, it's wine, so that would be my days. <laughs> we would have a contest who would yeah, cause I'm get worse like after. Yeah. But cool. We both love cheese at the end of the day. I love cheese. <laughs> cheese is so versatile. It yeah. goes with everything. And I love to pair it with wine yeah. and fruits and nuts. Yeah. And, yeah, because you really, really enjoy it like that. Yeah, and I think it's so cool that the United States is just producing amazing cheese. There's a lot of so cheese out there. I would be like the closest cheese making company around here, you know, in uh, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Aside from Cracker barrel, you know, you know, nothing like that, but nothing close. Nothing, um, I'm sure there is. Local. I mean, I'm sure, I would be surprised if there wasn't something in you know, northern New Mexico or central Texas, but um, nothing comes to Hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. So what, what, what is your, your personal extravagance? What, what is the most extravagant thing you've spent your money on? or like? Because you, you've traveled to, to yeah. become a sommelier. Like, Okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, duh. Yeah, I mean, I have three wine fridges at home. So. Whoa. Wow. What? That's yeah, nice. So like big ones or? Yeah, like the big Gouzon and then have another under counter. Is there oh. anything there that like That is worth stealing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd be lucky to find some amazing stuff. Um, 
because South Fox is kind of a little emptier uh, and the weather. Uh, we, we, can't ship, mm -hmm. we can't ship out um, when it's as hot as it is or means the wine. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I, I tasted some amazing wine. So a bottle of wine would be the biggest extravagance. Um, yeah, besides travel, I mean that's kind of where I focus my. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Describe your your best trip though. Like, what is your best wine tasting trip? What have you done? Where have you gone? Um, have you gone out of out of the states? Uh, I've been to Europe, yeah. Okay. Um, France, Italy. Um, at that time, um, you know, I wasn't as far along um, in this kind of wine okay um and so i didn't do a lot of vineyard visits which i'm glad because i don't think i would appreciate that thing right um, yeah <laughs> but um uh, we're certainly going back and, and that's another great thing just the connections you make in the industry um so we're looking forward to that but i mean the united states i mean um obviously california right. is one of the you know, Napa. Trips, especially further north if you, just, if you go past Napa and you go you know, mm -hmm. more elsewhere um kind of around the western river area that those are some amazing amazing uh, uh, vineyards and very interesting vineyards Latin Valley and uh, Oregon is incredible um, I love Washington wines too yes, those are really yeah, really good you really have a bunch of Washington wines at the bottom. well yeah because I'm a Charles Smith um, you know nut but <laughs> I love that wine so whew. it's cooling down guys it's cooling down the sun is yeah. setting you sun you look like uh <laughs> Ralph. This Riesling is hitting me. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's oh <laughs> yeah. We, we're going to have to bring the uh, the red ones soon, I guess. Yeah. So, I don't know. Let's talk a little bit more. There you go. He's making the signal over there. What yes. What do you got there? Ooh. So, uh, we have three, three whites. Um, so, your right's cooling down, so it's time for red. Yes. Um, this, the winemaker's in Mathen. Where is that from? from the Burgenland area of Austria. Okay. And the grape is called uh, Blaufrankisch. Blaufrankisch. Blau and it's a 2012 vintage. Oh, that's cool. All right, Norbert, I got to ask you this question. Yeah, sorry about that. I had to. That's all right. We understand. Put fire's out in the kitchen. Don't worry. <laughs> we still got like tabla and old to go to, and maybe we can finish. Awesome. <laughs> all right, so. What is your biggest extravagance? We already asked Manny. He said, you know, wine and trips. What about you? My biggest extravagance. Yeah. What do you spend money on? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, socks. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, it, it's funny. We, we talk about this all the time. And, you know, for me now, um, I've been fortunate enough to put myself in a position to be able to dine the way, the way my customers dine, you know. So when it comes to me, it's really really just about eating i mean i eat food. and drink yeah i mean if it's yeah it's food and drink um anything it, in particular <laughs> that just tickles your fancy and you gotta uh, got to what's your go-to yeah i mean it's hard to say i mean it's like um i you know we try new places like when i travel I, I i i like to try new restaurants especially if i if i'm familiar with the chef or familiar with their uh you know the resume i definitely like to do that um so yeah, I'd have to say food. Like I'm not much of a sightseer. Like I mean, when I travel, it's eat and drink. Like I, I don't, I don't need to go to the museum. I don't need to go to just you know the restaurant. Statue of Liberty. Show like, me I mean, a restaurant. Yeah, just you and I traveling. Yeah, I was like, just take me. And you know, a lot of it too is uh, you know, 
is going to where the locals hang out, like the local bar. Like I want to go where all the industry people are hanging out. You know, like of I want to go that's where. That's the best place. That's the best. You know, you talk to your to. your server, and you're like, well, where, where do you go have a drink after work? And that's those are the that's what I kind of fancy when I go out. Interesting. Yeah. Delicious. And then, food. I mean, obviously outdoors, outdoorsy stuff too. But usually when I travel, it's it's kind of hard because there's usually a hangover involved. So. <laughs> Well, that's that brings us to my Especially next question. <laughs> that brings me to my next question, and this is for you. What do you do when you get drunk? What do I do should when we, I get drunk? We, yeah, um, I mean, I know that your friends and the people that are around you would answer this better than you, but you know, just I just want your point of view. If I you mean, remember. I'm pretty mellow drunk. I mean, I just like to have a good time. So, I mean, I I've I seen know. you drunk, but I'm not gonna say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, have you ever cooked drunk? Oh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <All the> time. <laughs> yeah. How does that affect you? I mean, it's. I mean, it's like if I'm cooking at home. I mean, you know, you put down a couple bottles of wine, and you know, you, yeah, it's what makes what I do a, a joy. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna, you know, run a Friday night drunk off my ass. You know, I wait till you know 11 o'clock and then put one down and. Okay. But yeah. I'm, yeah, if I'm cooking at home, I'm usually cooking under the influence for sure. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, so. I am too. Wow. Well, this is a really good wine, guys. This is a big change from the white ones. Yeah, so, you know, just a lot of like red fruit, red, you know, red fruit, a lot of red berries and spice. Um, cool. so profile and weight, I think, something similar to Pinot Noir. It's a little more heft, you know, like a more rustic, heftier Pinot Noir. I get figs from this yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, you know, great producer, never uh, served here in El Paso, does not really serve anywhere else in El Paso. Uh, biodynamic grower, both uh, vineyard mm -hmm. and cellar, so you're getting high quality. Uh, Amazing wine. You know, you're, made, you're getting a wine made without commercial pesticides or fertilizers. Uh, so is, is that what biodynamic, the biodynamic uh, means? It goes a little step further, and it's just treating the uh, treating everything like a closed ecosystem. Ah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of you know, putting down a fertilizer between the vineyard rows um, off season, you you plant a certain flower or shrub or you know whatever adds certain nutrients to the soil instead of you know firing up the lawnmower and cutting weeds and let the <laughs> As long as you don't get stupid <laughs> caterpillars like I did in my tomato plant, then that's fine with the <laughs> dude. It was horrible. It was squishy. Yeah, yeah. But you know things like that. Like yeah. you know, what do you do? You can't you can't uh, call an exterminator. Or <laughs> right. Or yeah. You have to find a beneficial pest. Yes. That's really cool. Wow, that's that is really, really cool. cool. I mean, I guess that if you have a closed ecosystem like that, do you get a lot of pests? Like, is it is the risk um, minimized when you have it like that? It's it's definitely harder work, you know, right. um, than to just you know you know set loose a machine and spray whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think the quality is higher. I mean, any any winemaker that's made this commitment, yeah, um, you can taste it in their wines, and they will never ever go back. Okay. The soil and the vineyards are just healthier vineyards. Okay. That's really cool. That's really cool. I never knew. I didn't know that. See, yeah. you learn something new every day. <laughs> now we know. Um, Norbert, what would you pair this with? What do you recommend people that want to come in here and order this bottle? What would they pair it with? Uh, probably the oxtail. Okay. Yeah. And oh, what, wow. what does that so, consist of? Tell me what's in it. Uh, so what we do with the oxtail is we take uh, some shots and we smoke them for, you know, just enough to get them nice and charred and, and, and kind of uh, caramelized. And we cook that down with a little bit of cream and we fold that into some uh, rice potatoes. <clears throat> and then what we do with the oxtail is we braise it for about Ooh. six hours. 
And we just oh, kind of laid over these like really nice smoky buttery mashed potatoes, oh, and then it's so finished good. off with a little bit of a uh, red wine reduction, uh, just to kind of give it again like a, like many many. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I think I know <coughs> like where I'm gonna take you for uh, your birthday. This year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm doing some research here. Um, I'll take notes. Um, question: um, A lot of people, you know, how they, this concept that you can only have red wine with red meat. What do you think of that? Tell me. Misconception, yeah, all the way. So you can have like a nice salmon and pair with the red wine, or okay, yeah. Very tannic, very acidic. It's just there's no kind of black and white rules anymore. Mm-hmm. I think wine's so versatile, foods evolve. That you know, there's still some rules, some not rules. I think kind of like guidelines. Guidelines. So you can just break the rules. I mean, it, if your palate tolerates it and you like it, then might as well yeah. go for it. No right. judgment. There's recommendations, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, that's good to know. People, I'm sure, you know, ask that all the time. Do you drink three buck chuck? <laughs> 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 Really? No way. Wow. <laughs> what is what is three buck chuck? I'm three curious. buck chuck is actually a wine that uh, Trader Joe sells, ah. and it's called Charles. Charles Shaw. Charles Shaw. Charles Shaw. Yeah. Charles Shaw. Okay. And it, well, it was, used to be two buck chuck. It used to be two. Like it used bucks. to be one ninety nine or something yeah, like that, so and now it's two ninety nine. So yeah. that's why I call it three buck chuck. Well, did you hear but, that? Like recently, the best wine in the world was. <laughs> Like a Walmart wine or something? Oh, yes, but that's only in the European Union, somewhere oh, okay. in, the, in Europe. Is. Okay. Yes, yes, I saw Insane. that. I'm like, damn, Insane. Walmart? Whew, fancy. Not this Walmart. Not this Walmart, no, no. This is like, this is like um, what do you call that? The kangaroo one? What's the name of that? Uh, but Yellowtail or that uh, other crap. That the foot one? Yeah, the foot one or the big cock one, because that one we used to have a lot in Chicago. The big, big cock. It's not big cock, but Rex it has a big rooster. Yeah, that one with the rooster. <laughs> Are we still talking about wine? <laughs> it's this really cool shaped <laughs> bottle. It's a big bottle of big cock. Uh, segment two. Of this. Rex Goliath. I'm sorry. It has a rooster on it. Okay. <laughs> Don't judge. Jeez. <laughs> You see, I told you this was rated R. I said it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. So, on what occasion do you lie? And that goes for the both of you. When you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's fair. That's a good lie. That is a good lie. Am I pretty? Oh, yeah, totally. You're gorgeous. (laughs) Do I look fat? No. No. Am I sweaty right now? No, we're just shiny. <laughs> I'm glowing. I'm exactly. Glowing. Wow, awesome guys. Awesome. All right. So how are we how are we feeling, everybody? Good. Doing well. Yes. Like how many bottles do you have to drink I to get drunk? Like five minutes and a bottle disappears. So I, I'm not, I'm not well, leaving anymore. I mean, you did take a, a little bit. Look, look to myself and leave. Oh man. So what what is your drunk state of mind, guys? As are of right you? now? Well, oh. I don't think you're drunk. I need oh, you. You no. need more than this. Oh yeah. You need to, like, you know, put your mouth in your taps and just open it up and drink it. 
I said to them, I mean, I think we, we missed cutoff. I don't know, we got 30 minutes before we can get some hard alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a cutoff? You guys have a cutoff? Well, nine, well nine, for the liquor store. liquor store. Oh, the liquor store. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't have liquor. We don't have liquor here, so. No, no, no that's fine. See? Just so you know, Saltbucks doesn't have liquor, only wine and beer. Yeah. Oh, wait, so could we fill growlers here then? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that oh, is really? awesome. Yeah, we're totally. Happy about having, like, yeah. Awesome. That's good to know. And part of the reason we wanted a wine list that you couldn't get in El Paso is because we want to be able to sell you something that you really liked. You can take it. And you can take it with you. That's um, and the thing is, we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to charge you what the menu price is to take it home. I and mean, we want to give you an incentive to, to kind of come here and get a bottle of wine and, and head home. Or mm. wherever the hell you want to go. Oh, Scenic cool. Drive or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome. Nice. So, salt box, get some wine, get some beer, some nice cheese. Get some growlers. Yeah. So some growlers. They're, not, they're not drunk yet, though I guess we can ask that question. Oh, absolutely. We don't, we don't need to be drunk to answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what would be your not drunk current state of mind? <laughs> Like you're, Is that the you're question? yeah, like okay. <laughs> How are you feeling right now? How are you feeling? Great. Aside the from s- hot, the sun went down, so it's starting to feel like an El Paso night. Minus. It's only Wednesday. It's hump day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we can totally get naked here right now. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I've been sweating like crazy. And don't worry, I can sit anywhere and I'm still going to be sweaty. That's how I am. Okay, last question of the night. And we're almost ready to wrap up unless you have something else, wrap, you know, under your sleeve that you want to pull out. That's it? All right. Awesome. I think that's pretty good. All right, well, what would you do with a million dollars or billion or trillion? I don't know, because we decided the million kind of sounds like chump change every now and then. Yeah. So... Aside from opening restaurants and drinking wine and all that. I mean, just get creative. You got a ton of money, tax-free. What would what you do, do with do? it? Tax-free? Tax-free. Yeah, free. fuck Uncle invest Sam. Invest half of it and travel with the other. Smart. That's what do you invest it in? Stocks. Just stocks? Whatever's going to give me a good return. <laughs> <laughs> More restaurants. I mean, We're going to have a city full of restaurants <laughs> by Norway. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably what I do for sure. Nice. Man. Cool. Really? Why San Francisco? Um, I have a lot of ties in the Bay Area. Okay. Uh, in the Bay Area. I've lived in since then. Um, uh, my wife and I have family in the Bay Area. Friends in the Bay Area. It's just, you know, I love New York as well. Oh. Um, you know, I lived in New York for summer when uh, I was in college. Um, it was a fond place, place my heart for it, but it's just in terms of we- nice weather all year round. <laughs> yeah. Um, and still have access to a great food scene. Oh, San Francisco's uh, beautiful. San Fran, San Pancho. Francisco. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Awesome, guys. So is there anything you want to say about Saltbox to our listeners? You know, any, any last comments, last words, guys? No, this I mean, is your chance. Come check us out. Lunch and dinner. I mean, <clears throat> like I said, our menu is super limited right now just because we, we are making everything in-house. Mm-hmm. Uh, being that this kitchen's small, it, it kind of limits what we can do until we can figure out, you know, how the how the flow of the kitchen's going to go. But um, we're going to continue to expand the menu and give you guys something that 
you hadn't seen in El Paso, so. I'm very happy that you guys took over this place. I mean, it's tiny, and obviously, I'm sure you recommend yeah, reservations are highly yeah, well, encouraged. Yeah, we don't you know, take or no. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And even in terms okay. of size, I think um, it's, again, we're talking about you know, throughout cities like San Francisco and New York. Oh, you find a lot of places Absolutely. like these. I love I think, them. I think we're spoiled by space. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, it's a big state. Yeah. So we just have it a lot is. of space. And um, I think this, you know, the size of this restaurant is perfect uh, for the concept. Um, it's, you know, we can't be happier than to be in this neighborhood and by UTEP. And, you That's know, so this, nice. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any specials? Um, right now, um, we're, we're going on week three. And mm -hmm. I think the goal right now is to get everything perfect. You know, just about perfection. And then... Right, like fixing all the little flaws that yeah. come out. And, yeah. and, just, and even things, uh, not necessarily flaws, but just making good things great. Mm -hmm. And um, once you do that, I think, like Nora mentioned, just adding and adding, you know, adding terms strategically. Um, right. And, uh, you know, opening for breakfast in about a month is also the goal. And, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. For sure. Awesome, yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, now you know, guys, yeah, in El Paso. Or sure. if you are ever in El Paso visiting, stop by Saltbox Pours and Provisions. It's on 204 Boston. It's right by UTEP, so you won't miss it because it's right there. And thank you very much, guys. I mean, thank you for hosting, for having us here. We make sure that you guys get out there, you know, because people, you need to shop local. You need to pay attention to us here. Keep it all in El Paso. Yeah. Support your city. Support, support your, your city. local entrepreneurs. Awesome. So... No, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. And make sure people, you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes. Subscribe, uh, subscribe. share, like. Of El Paso. Of El Paso. This is, so this is a little thing I'm working on. It's a website for local businesses, for local artists. Um, this is what's making this podcast possible. Um, you know. By viewers like you. Viewers like or you. Or listeners, me. Whatever. Contact us <laughs> if you want us to go to your bar, to your restaurant. Uh, let us know. You can send us an email at inside the drinker studio at, at gmail.com gmail or Instagram or whatever. You Just know, there's us. no excuse now. Like, I can contact you. You can so. reach us. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. We're going to finish this bottle now. Say goodbye, Cheers. Ralph. Cheers. Goodbye, Ralph. Bye.